Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. Yes, it's a new week. Happy Monday, everyone. It's uh, the last few days of Pride Month. This past weekend was the last Pride weekend. I hope y'all had a safe and enjoyable time. I did. Yeah, you had fun. Oh, I most definitely had fun. Like, you know, just good old fun. I feel like... Pride Month for me, like I've always said, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of like I don't really go out or anything. Pride parades and uh-huh. haven't been my thing, but I don't know. This year has been fun. I've had a good time. You know, um, I was drunk all weekend. Yes. I had some good food at the Abbey, oh. and then got had some good drinks at the Abbey, and then ended up being literally in West Hollywood from three p.m. to one thirty a.m. Oh, how do you feel? Disgusting. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, you didn't need a vacation. I woke up the next day in like a feeling like my body was inhabited by an 84-year-old woman. <laughs> I was like, I can't move. I don't know what's happening. I want to throw up. Oh, no. My dog's like, she's like wondering what is going on with me because she's ready to go outside. I'm just like, please let me have a moment. Oh, my God. Um, I hooked up with a guy in a, um, in a, a hey, parking what? Wait, what? Now I'm paying attention. <laughs> But that's all you get to know from that. But Pride Month <laughs> and Pride the uh, Pride Weekend. I hope everyone had a great time. New York City celebrated. L.A. was celebrating for sure. I hope your respective cities and towns were celebrating. And I just hope y'all had a good time mm. because now, girl, we're moving on to the next holiday. Oh, July Fourth is July this weekend. 4th. I cannot believe it. It's it's like so strange, so strange. But happy Pride, happy Pride. Yes, enjoy it. Let's keep celebrating. Coming up uh, on this show today, the future of male birth control. Wow. I might need that after this weekend. (laughs) That's at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Plus, all the viral moments from the BET Awards with Ryan and the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Rockets landed at a U.S. military base in eastern Syria today. That's a day after the U.S. carried out airstrikes on Iranian-backed militias. Uh, Colonel Wayne Murado tweeted today that U.S. forces in Syria were attacked by multiple rockets. There are no injuries and damage is being assessed. Now, the White House and the Smithsonian Institution have teamed up for an exhibit celebrating pride in the ground floor corridor of the nation's presidential residence. 
The exhibit features items and histories of LGBTQ plus firebrands, Harvey Milk, Marsha P. Johnson and others, and is curated from collections at the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of American History. Now, the exhibit features stories of also unknown early pioneers like Rose Cleveland, who was the lesbian sister of Grover Cleveland and served as first lady for a portion of her unmarried brother's first term as president. How interesting. Did not know that. And finally, Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava gave an update on the tragic Surfside building collapse. We did recover another body. That brings the count to 10. The total number of those accounted for is now 135. And the total unaccounted, 151. And we'll have more details in 30 minutes with Ken Charles from KNX News about everything happening over there. But uh, that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, it was a jam-packed weekend, uh, celebrity weekend at last night's BET award show. And we have tons to talk about. It's time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So Miss Cardi B, let's start off with her. Mm. Uh, she announced that she was pregnant during her uh, surprise performance after being off of social media forever. Uh, she uh, and the Migos performed a song together off of their new album. And Cardi is about like six or seven months pregnant. I don't even get it. Um, but she looked fabulous. She looked amazing. Uh, Queen Latifah was also honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award where she bought up her wife and said happy pride. Here's a moment of that. I'm going to get off this stage, but I thank you so much for all of you, the fans, for supporting every crazy ass thing I've done through the years. And thank you for making Equalizer number one. Ebony, my love, rebel, my love, peace, happy pride. I mean, literally, Queen Latifah saying happy pride just cleared my skin no. from every bit of acne. And then also her calling out her wife, Ebony, is just so perfect. Like, she's been always very private about her relationships. Yep. And um, uh, But we all know. If you know, you know. Miss Ebony is gorgeous. And you should, if you don't know, you should check her out. Um, and, of course, the homophobes are upset and can't stop talking about Little Nas X's performance and that hot-ass kiss. What a moment. Um, straight people are calling him out saying it was inappropriate. And shockingly, there's some gay people also showing their internalized homophobia by saying it was too femme, it was too much, because you have to push the gay agenda so much. Of course he does. Little Nas X entered into the BET Awards, one not being nominated, and basically everyone tearing into BET for that, but then hitting the stage and making himself known. I mean, Diddy, of all people, (laughs) of all people tweeted um, Little Nas X saying, that the performance was good and, and fearless, like stay fearless. Okay. And, and that was interesting, but no one listens to Diddy. <laughs> no one cares about Diddy. But that's your T report. Um, I'm, the BT Awards were wonderful. Stick around though. Jamie Lynn Spears, the sister of Britney Spears, has finally broken her silence. I have the clip to prove it. It's coming up next hour in the T report. Well, next up on the show, we've got updates on the trans bathroom ban case that was brought to the Supreme Court after six years. They've made a decision. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected a Virginia school board's appeal today to reinstate its transgender bathroom ban. And this is a huge victory for transgender rights groups and the former high school students who fought in court for six years to overturn the ban. Joining us right now is a DT Fruitwala staff attorney at the ACLU SoCal. Thanks for joining us for this. 
Of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, So this is a good thing. Big deal. Tell us more about this case. Sure. So this case, as you said, has been very long and hard fought for a while. It was uh, it happened via, you know, underlying issues happened in 2015 um, when Gavin Grimm sued his Virginia high school when the high school changed its bathroom policy to prohibit him from using the trans boys or sorry, the boys bathrooms, um, even though he was a trans boy. And instead, it directed him to use a unisex bathroom. So in 2017, Gavin Grimm actually graduated and continued to fight this fight for himself and for all trans people. Um, And he was alleging that the school's policy violated the U.S. Constitution, the Equal Protection Clause, and also Title IX, which prohibits discrimination in schools. So um, represented by the ACLU, he won his case in the Virginia District Court and also the Appellate Court, the, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. And both courts said that the policy violated the law on the basis of sex discrimination because it prohibits trans boys from using the boys' restroom. And the school was arguing that he had a private bathroom that he could use, and the court said that is not sufficient. Um, Everyone should have the option of using a private bathroom if they choose to, but no one should be forced to use a private bathroom because it's humiliating to say that, you know, certain people are required to use a different bathroom. And so what happened today is that the Virginia School Board was asking the Supreme Court to review the case. They were hoping that the Supreme Court would review the case and determine that their policy was actually fine and compliant with the law. And the Supreme Court refused to do that. They denied review today. Um, So that is a huge win because it means that the Court of Appeal decision stands. And what the Court of Appeal said is that what the Virginia School Board did was against the law and against Gavin's rights. Yeah, this is the third time in recent years that the Supreme Court has allowed uh, appeals court decisions in support of trans students to stand. So I I wonder, we're seeing such, like, we're having such good moments with the Supreme Court right now. Should we be hopeful that this type of energy is here to stay? Oh, that's such a, a good, good, hard question. I am an optimistic person, and I hope that that's what it means. But I think that, you know, really what they're saying right now is that we're not ready to review this particular decision yet. And they've said that explicitly a couple of times. Like you said, they actually very recently in recent history um, denied a case that was very similar from um, from Oregon, where the Oregon school board actually had a really positive policy. It said that trans kids get to use the restrooms that align with their gender identity and a bunch of Oregon parents sued and said that it violates their children's bodily privacy. And the Court of Appeals said, no, it does not. Um, and the Supreme Court denied review in that case. Um, and then another case that didn't wasn't about restrooms, but, but did like cite restrooms is a case that was really positive last year. It was Bostock. And that's the case that said that LGBTQ discrimination in the workplace is illegal. And in that case explicitly, um, Judge Justice Gorsuch, who is a, you know, I'm the conservative, conservative justice, um, said that discrimination against trans people is illegal. And by that, we mean firing a trans person for being trans, demoting them, not giving them the same benefits. But the decision explicitly said, we're not talking about bathrooms and, and locker rooms. We're not just we're not ready to discuss that yet. And so the Supreme Court has, has kind of explicitly and um, implicitly signaled several times that this the restroom and locker room issue is one that they're they're not ready to weigh in on. And it might be that they're just waiting to see what other appellate courts do in this field. And, and, you know, if that's what they're waiting for, we're actually um, making good progress because three appellate courts now have said, um, have sided with us, have said that it is discrimination to not allow trans youth to use the restroom 
that aligns with their gender identity. Okay, so there's progress being made, but what do you hope comes from now this decision? Where do folks go from here if you're saying some cases are being pushed through and some aren't? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, one one thing that this is a, a really a, a positive move is that the more appellate courts make this type of decision, one, that means the more people are, you know, living in um, a jurisdiction where they are explicitly protected. And two, it means that when it happens in one appellate court, it's definitely persuasive in another appellate court. I mean, the, the way that our laws are supposed to work is that the laws are supposed to be consistent across the country. You're not really supposed to have different laws um, depending on, on where you live. If, you know, we all live under Title IX. Title IX is supposed to protect us from discrimination on the basis of sex in schools. And it's not supposed to be that one circuit um, interprets it one way and another circuit interprets it another way. And so because, you know, because the this good decision from the Fourth Circuit stands, it is actually good and persuasive for, for people who, for people everywhere. Um, and then the other thing that it's really great for is that, you know, we see that schools is really kind of the nexus of where the anti-trans movement has, has focused. They're going after trans kids and specifically focusing on trans girls in, in, you know, being able to play girls sports. And essentially what this decision says is that, um, you know, in the Fourth Circuit, Title IX, prohibiting discrimination in schools, um, applies to trans kids. And so mm. that, that, that could, you know, bode really well for cases that come up um, on this trans, uh, trans participation in sports issue. Got it. The, that was a DT Fruit Walla, staff attorney at ACLU SoCal. Thanks so much. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Now coming up, we've got updates on the deadly building collapse near Miami. That is next with KNX News. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 151 people are still unaccounted for on day five of the massive search and rescue effort over the condo that collapsed in Surfside, Florida. And joining us to share the latest updates is Ken Charles, program director at KNX 1070 News. Thanks for being here again. We always love having you. Yeah, unfortunately, it's um, a very sad story. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I, I spent a lot of time in Miami, um, grew up in Florida, been up and down Collins Avenue, been by that building, not thinking that building was ever going to make news, um, probably 150 or 200 times. Um, and then after this happened, you really got to think how many other buildings along that strip of beach are in exactly the same condition, and then get off of that beach, how many buildings, you know, potentially along the, the, the coast here in California could be in similar mm. conditions? Oh. Yeah, that brings up a lot of questions, definitely. So what are we hearing right now? I know they did just discover one more person, but the search, it feels like it's never going to end, and it's just, yeah, it's horrible to witness. Well, because it, 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 you know, the building pancaked on itself, there is so much destruction, and there could be people under there. There are people as far away as Mexico Israel who are experts in... Um, you know, this kind of search and rescue, they're on the scene with dogs. They have um, dug a tunnel that's like 125 feet underneath, they're calling it a trench, underneath the rubble that they needed two things to do. One, there was still a huge fire underneath that needed to be put out because it was hampering the search and rescue efforts. And then, of course, to continue with the dogs as well as sonar and infrared 
continuing to look for survivors because there are stories from earthquakes in Mexico and other countries where survivors have been pulled out of very similar rubble and worse up to two weeks after the actual event. Wow. I mean, I know concerns probably are growing for older condos in that surrounding area and just across Miami in general, because living out here in Los Angeles, I mean, there's tons of old buildings that are sitting with a lean. I lived in one. Mm -hmm. And it's scary to know that this is a possibility at this point. Well, what's worse is, you know, my Miami Herald reported that back in 2018, an engineer's report flagged major structural damage at that South Tower, and nobody reacted to that. Um, I've seen reports that to repair what was um, flagged back then was like $9 million, and there's a lot of questions about that report, what it found, uh, what was done afterwards, and then did that lead to what happened here five days ago. In addition to that, I've heard some people who lived in the building talking about construction that was going on on the roof. Remember, this is a building in 1980 that was built in 81. You're talking about has survived um, hurricanes, has survived the, the, the beach and all of the, the elements that a building on um, the East Coast will face and has never fallen down. What caused it five days ago to lose its structural integrity and collapse and bring the other part of the tower with it? Um, That's really the key question. And was that construction that was going on the roof, maybe not the cause, but a contributing factor by sending, you know, vibrations and other things down the structure of this building that caused it finally to collapse in the middle of the night? So... A lot of people are going to be held accountable for this, I'm assuming. Oh, Uh, yeah. You know, what about the county? Because, like, how do they ensure that this doesn't happen again? So, you know, the interesting part about Miami and Florida in general is not only do you have the county infrastructure, but you have all these little individual communities like Surfside with their own mayor and city council and other things. And so they are going through, I suspect, building by building, uh, looking at um, structural integrity and everything, because as you know, from the southern tip of southern, southern Miami Beach, all the way up that coast through Hollywood and, you know, up Collins Avenue and South Ocean Drive, there are hundreds of buildings that were built around the same time, of the same structure, um, and they've got to assure the people that are living there that their building is safe and this was something that is not going to be repeated. I think there are some very, very tense discussions and some very nervous, scared people right now. Oh, definitely. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, that was Ken Charles, Program Director at CanX. We appreciate you for being here. Oh, oh, anytime. I'm sorry. It's under the circumstances. Yes, definitely. Well, coming up, one viral TikTok is showing how COVID is not over despite everything opening back up. That's next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast let's go there with shira and ryan channel q okay we are back with a tiktok and a reminder that uh the pandemic is not over folks And this TikToker is proving that with this video showing her mom in the ICU fighting for her life. So you might not know this, but there are still around 11,000 new COVID-19 cases diagnosed every day in the U.S. Obviously, that's a difference from the 250,000 average that was in January. But it's still, you know, proof that the virus is making its rounds. So here's what happens. Amanda, who goes by Issy Uppin. I don't even know if I pronounce these TikTok names right. Probably not. Anyway, <laughs> I see you, Pan. Up. All right. Anyway, uh, she experienced this whole thing firsthand when her mom, her sister, and her sister's girlfriend all came down with COVID after a trip to Las Vegas. So she posted this saying they had been locked up and careful this entire pandemic, but as soon as they got comfortable and thought they maybe um, or hey maybe we're all out of the woods with this whole disease, COVID struck. So she shows this video where they're in Vegas, they're partying, having fun, and then juxtaposes it with her mom lying in the ICU fighting the virus. She said, um, or someone said on the video, simply showing how from one second to the next life can change dramatically. And so this is interesting, but I'll give you a twist on this because I do think we need to watch out. Like, you know, we act like everything is chill, but it happens that her mom was not vaccinated. Oh, really? Yeah, even though it can't guarantee that you won't get COVID, but it decreases the chances. So it is really sad. It's sad, but also it's unfortunately not surprising when 
people aren't getting vaccinated and then they end up sick. Yeah, I mean, that, I think this is a prime example of what we why everyone should be vaccinated because there's a Delta variant that's going to take a lot of these vac- uh, unvaccinated folks out if you want to be quite honest and real about the the situation. And I think people are going to really have some major regrets of not doing it um, because this isn't a game. It feels like de- the Delta variant is not going anywhere anytime soon. And my thing is, I'm happy I'm vaccinated because... I'm nervous about the Delta variant, but there's no way I'm spending a whole other year back inside. Like, I, I'm probably going to be one of the people that's going to take chance because for my mental health in general, like, I need just being in the house again. Like, last year, experiencing a year like that just feels out of reach and out of touch, and yeah. I don't even want to do it. Well, I think there's a balance, right? Well, there has to be because I'm. we were locked in. We, we could not do anything. Really, we couldn't because everything was closed. Everything was happening, and it's just like, what else are you supposed to do? And so for me, I need everyone to get vaccinated so this Delta variant doesn't like try to take us out and we get end up having Joe Biden being like, um, we're locking everything down. We're shutting you know. it down. That's like the worst. Oh, yeah, outcome. totally. Uh, you know, with my, my boyfriend, we you know, we're sometimes in Ventura in Ojai where like 50% of the folks aren't vaccinated. And we're always, when we hang out there here and there, like yesterday we were at a party right. and we were just, you know, talking amongst ourselves, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, doing that gossip while looking at people. And he goes, how many people do you think here are vaccinated? Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, is that, do, could we get something? Or he's like, there is definitely one, at least one COVID person going around here. <laughs> Which is not something to that, joke about, but it's like at a certain point. You, if you think about that, that'll have you like literally going crazy. I mean, but it's real. When you're, there are those places and you know, if you live there. Where you're like, it's a 50-50 shot. Coin toss. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let us know what you think about all this. If you've been experiencing this or someone at LGT Shows, where you can find us on social media. Coming up, uh, speaking of COVID vaccines, more FDA warnings around the risk of rare heart inflammation around certain ones. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now, coming up this hour, we're bringing you the future of male birth control. Oh, yeah. That's coming up in 30 minutes. And Britney Spears' sister is speaking out. That's in the T-Report in a moment with Ryan. But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says Biden respects Olympian Gwen Berry's right to peacefully protest when she was seen turning from the American flag. Part of that pride in our country means recognizing there are moments where we are, as a country, haven't lived up to our highest ideals. And it means respecting the right of people granted to them in the Constitution to peacefully protest. Now, she turned away from the flag to face the stands while the Star Spangled Banner played during the medal ceremony on Saturday. She draped a T-shirt bearing the words activist athlete over her head. She was third in the Hammer event at the trials in Eugene, Oregon, and earned a spot on the U.S. team for the Tokyo Olympics, which get underway next month. But she says, actually, that she felt it was set up. She says, I feel like they did that on purpose, and I was peed off, to be honest. I was thinking about what I should do. Eventually, I just stayed there and just swayed. I put my shirt over my head. It was real disrespectful. I know they did that on purpose, but it's all right. Now, the FDA added a warning to patient and provider fact sheets for Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines to indicate a rare risk of heart inflammation. Health officials said the benefits of receiving the vaccine, though, still outweigh any risk. There have been just 12.6 heart inflammation cases per million doses for both vaccines combined. 
And finally, the State Department officially raised a pride flag for the first time over its headquarters on June 25th. The flag chosen was the Progress Pride flag, which the department deemed as, quote, a symbol of the diversity and intersectionality of the LGBTQIA plus persons and communities around the world. Love that. Well, that was What's Trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? All right. Let's do this. Okay. Let's talk Britney Spears yes. again. So, Jamie Lynn Spears, the sister of Britney Spears, Zoe 101, as mm-hmm. I would remember her, um, she broke her silence. She spoke out today following, you know, Britney's bombshell testimony over her um, conservatorship. In a series of Instagram stories, Jamie Lynn was emotional at times as she explained how proud she is of Britney for, quote, using her voice, noting that she finally decided to speak out after the pop of Princess did. Here is a little bit of, uh, you know, what Jamie had to say, because it was about like three minutes long, but we cut it down or something. Here you go. Um, hey, everybody. I just want to take a second to address a few things. Uh The only reason I haven't before is because I felt like until my sister was able to speak for herself and say what she felt she needed to say publicly, that it wasn't my place and it wasn't the right thing to do. Um, But now that she's very clearly spoken and um, said what she needed to say, I feel like I can follow her lead. I don't care if she wants to run away to rainforest and have a zillion babies in the middle of nowhere or if she wants to come back and dominate the world the way she has so many times before. Because I have nothing to gain or lose either way. This situation does not affect me. Not that I owe the public anything because my sister knows I love and support her. That's the only person I owe anything to. I'm not my family. I'm my own person. I'm speaking for myself. She's speaking for herself while also Mm. wiping crocodile tears because she said she was like, she looked like she was crying, but she wasn't crying. Like there was nothing on her face. Um, But bring it. Brittany, your sister spoke it out. But Brittany literally said in her testimony that all of her family has been living off of her money and through this conservatorship. I'm wondering how her sister has played a part in it, even if she hasn't said anything. Like, my thing is, you're complicit. If you had all these feelings and y'all had personal conversations and you see the internet and everyone kind of talking about it and calling it out, well, why didn't you, like, try to speak up for her? Why didn't you try to, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's their own personal family thing. But for me, it just feels like you saying all that means nothing because Brittany had to still put herself in another traumatic situation for her to get everything out. felt like uh, there was a lack of empathy in that yeah, response. It's like, like she's upset because people are calling her out. Yeah, of just being they like, are. "Thank you for your responses. I regret not speaking out, listening to that. Just like all of you, I was heartbroken, yeah. and something needs to be done. And I will, you know, maybe I haven't stepped in the past, and I regret that. And now I, you know, I get to change. But you know, people get people take it on themselves. Ego, right? No, it's very true. Um, that is your T report as of now. I got more coming up next hour. Okay, well, we've got more on the Hulu award-winning documentary Changing the Game next with EP and from Glad Alex Schmider. Stick around. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. Changing the Game is an award-winning documentary on Hulu focusing on transgender high school athletes. It will bring you a lot of tears. Get your Kleenex ready. Honestly, like chills, like for real. It's a moment. Yeah, here's a moment from the trailer. Wrestling found me. I love it. I do train as hard as a man. Three. I fight as hard as a man. Two. I am a man. One. 
and I'm the state champ of female high school wrestling. Being transgender is not a choice. Would it be fair for me to be competing on the boys' team? No, I am a girl. That's who I am. Track has given me a sense of self-worth, self-confidence. On your mark. They could say whatever they wanted. Set. But at the end of the day, I'm still running on the female team. That's so unfair. It is totally a male biology. Where do you locate that so-called right to be included? They don't have the right. They're not girls. And now Alex Schneider joins us on the show, producer of Changing the Game and also an associate director of Transmedia at Glad. Thank you so much again for being here for this. Huge. I cannot Thanks believe. Thanks so much for having me back. Yes. I mean, we're honestly talking to an icon here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm talking to two icons over there. Well, I mean, I was so impressed by this and... I, for you, how did this all come together? How long have you been working on this? Uh, yeah, so I've been working on changing the game since about 2017. Um, I got a cold call from director Michael Barnett and my co-producer now, Claire Tucker. They were exploring whether they should make a documentary about trans high school athletes because Someone very close in Michael's life had come out as trans and he quickly recognized he didn't have the tools to be the ally or advocate he knew he wanted to be to this young person. And so he came across MacBeg's story and it sort of shook him to his core. And so that's when they started, you know, exploring. Was there a space for a story like this? Uh, were they the right people to tell it? And I had some skepticism um, justifiably, uh, working at GLAD and knowing how some filmmakers come to projects. But immediately upon meeting both of them, I knew that their intention was to do the work to really return these stories to these athletes who are so often hijacked from them and exploited to justify exclusion. And so that set us up on this, set us up on this very collaborative, years-long journey to where we are today, which unfortunately has these stories more timely than ever. Yeah, and I think the the one thing I love about this is it, it doesn't feel like it's a direct response to all of the crazy narratives that are out there that, uh, you know, conservatives and Republicans are trying to put out there when it comes to this mm -hmm. issue. But it, it also feels like we're ignoring that and we're going to tell the stories of these these humans, these kids who are going through this and also having, you know, ups and downs with their journey, mm -hmm. but also they're kind of successful at it. Tell us a little bit about how did they decide to feature, you know, like a Mac or Andrea or Sarah? How, how did that go about? Yeah, I mean, so we filmed about seven athletes total. And it should be said that before we ever brought a camera to film, it was incumbent on us to earn the trust of these young people. Because, again, so often the media takes from them their stories and uses them against them. And so for Mac and Andrea, they were already thrust into the public eye. And this was an opportunity that we felt we could return their stories to them. For someone like Sarah, and again, we were very intentional with who we included, we knew that with a bigger platform, she would be able to do more with her activism and advocacy. So she would be empowered from gaining a bigger platform. And that was always central to who we decided to feature. Were we going to enhance their lives 
um, by including them and featuring in this film. And um, that's ultimately how we decided. And also looking at the different policies in different states and the diversity of these young athletes. I mean, they are so different as people. Their families are so different. And I think it's really important in terms of representation to see the different ways um, that their communities show up for them and then the different ways they show up as themselves. Wow. I... <laughs> I, I think there because it's this documentary is on Hulu. It's being introduced to such a, a huge audience at this point. What is the main and hope or takeaway that you would love for people watching this, finding out about this project to take away from? I I mean, we made this film for everyone, no matter where you are in your journey towards allyship or understanding. This film is for you. If you like sports, we shot it like a Nike ad. If you like stories of resilience and overcoming, this is a story for you. If you love stories about love, this is a story for you. Because what what we've overwhelmingly found in that in screening it for over two years in the festival circuit in red states, blue states, small towns, big cities, is that once you get to know these kids, you're reminded that they simply are just kids trying to be themselves and do what they love. And they're surrounded by truly a cast of characters uh, that are unforgettable in the likes of Angazi and Grandma Nancy specifically. Well, Alex Schneider, you're always a pleasure. Congratulations again. Alex Schneider is the producer of Changing the Game, a documentary out on Hulu right now and also associate director of Transmedia at GLAAD. Mm-hmm, Excited my to have you back and to continue celebrating with you. Thank you so much for having me. Check it out on Hulu, Changing the Game. Now coming up, we're looking at the future of birth control for men. That's next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
Scientists have been studying hormonal male birth control for decades. The first U.S. research actually began in the 70s, but no option has made it past clinical trials yet. Joining us right now to share why and what the future holds is Heather Vidar, executive director at the Male Contraceptive Initiative. Thanks for joining us for this. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Now, why hasn't male birth control been figured out yet? What's going on? (laughs) It's a million-dollar question, isn't it? (laughs) Or probably a little bit more than that. Um, It's just, you know, it's been a a matter of focusing on female-focused methods. I mean, with the the advent of the pill and the introduction of the pill, um, contraception sort of become synonymous with female empowerment and and the women's right movement. And I feel like we sort of found ourselves accidentally in this place where it's become burdensome now. You know, women are, are able to manage their careers and their education goals, but now we all want better. And so because most of the funding is focused on female methods, the male methods have been left a little bit behind. Are, well, I, I could only imagine when you're thinking about like trying to figure this out with side effects and how that could impact also your partner in, in this, especially if your partner is female identifying. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what does that look like when it comes to side effects for a male contracep- contraceptive? Absolutely. And and that's where one thing I'd like to mention about male contraceptive initiatives specifically is our DIP funds go to support research and development of non-hormonal methods of male contraception. And that's part of the reason is, you know, to make sure the sperm cell looks like nothing else, no other cell in the body. So it provides an opportunity to target specific mechanisms of action on the sperm cell. And some of these leads can be used by people who identify as male or female, egg producers or sperm producers. So those are some exciting opportunities. But really, you know, by looking at non-hormonal methods, we open up a lot more opportunities to avoid side effects and to address a wider um, swath of the population. What are some of the new options that they're looking at? Sure. So the things that are nearest term in the non-hormonal space are basically a reversible vasectomy, which is an injection of a polymer um, that is delivered in the similar mechanism to the traditional vasectomy where you go in through, you know, that vast tube, um, but they're reversible. So it's, it's consider it like an IUD almost for men. Um, and so then the other things that are in development are early enough that they could really be any sort of delivery system. It, they could be pills, they could be injectables. Um, we're looking at trying to promote even more novel approaches, like there's microneedle patches that are used in other um, therapeutic areas, um, and even fun things we think about, like could it be delivered as a tattoo or things like that. So I think the sky's the limit. We have some, there's innovations out there, and then there's innovations to be made. Are mm. men even interested in male birth control? Like, I know, I think when I think about male birth control, it's like getting a vasectomy. But like, are men even interested? They are. You know, we really find, you know, anecdotally in just our daily conversations, you can imagine in the line of work we're in, a quick introduction and saying what you do starts a whole interesting conversation. But we've also done some market research, and our consumer research study identified um, about 17 million men in the U.S. who are looking for better ways to contracept. And so, you know, they're out there, and we're doing working with colleagues at WHO and other um, areas across the globe to look at international interest in in um, male methods as well. How close are we to getting there? The market, um, the the 
the methods closest to market that I mentioned, the, the reversible vasectomies, I would say were definitely are an option in the next 10 years. But unfortunately, because yes. there's been such a stall in funding, mm-hmm. it really is going to be probably 10 years plus before we see some of the more innovative methods at the market. But we have to keep pushing or it'll just keep pushing that timeline out. Well, yeah, because it also puts the pressure on the, the partners, the other partner who has um, eggs, right, who are, has biologic, are biologically, quote unquote, female to deal with this, which I feel like has always been one-sided. 100%. And we hear that from men, too. It's interesting to hear some of the vulnerability that comes out that they want to be better partners and, you know, sperm producers who want to take care of their partners. And also they want to feel protected. I mean, when we think about it, if you flip it, you know, you look at the many different methods that, you know, I, I feel like a lot of those of us who produce eggs and identify as female look at the, the least worst option for contraception. And there's people out there that want to take the other half on and run with it. And I think we should empower them to do so. Definitely. Well, that was Heather Vidar, Executive Director at Male Contraceptive Initiative. Thank you for enlightening us. Thank you so much for covering this topic. <laughs> Definitely. Coming up, what do you do if you're insanely attracted to your coworker? We're here to help. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, have you ever had a coworker that you found super attractive, and what did you do about it? All the time. Oh. All the time. I've worked with people that I felt are so attractive, but then, like, once you start working with somebody, and then, like, you start seeing their work ethic, and you start to see how dumb they are... It takes away all the attractiveness. You know what I mean? Okay, all right. Well, this was a question asked on the Reddit subreddit, Ask Gay Bros. And this person said, uh, how did you work through the fact that you're attracted to someone so you don't get distracted? I don't hit on him or anything. I'm a good productive worker and we get along, but it's getting frustrating having to force my mind back to work constantly because he is insanely attractive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He said, it's like ass walks by and your mind goes blank. He's an insanely perfect Adonis body. Then, then this obscenely fat, perfect ass. And we're close too, but it's so hard to concentrate. I've yet to see a hotter guy in my entire life. I mean, this guy doesn't sound, it doesn't sound just like a little crush. I mean, he sounds kind of obsessed with this guy. Uh, and so what would your advice be, Ryan, to this person? If like they've already gone through these filters that you go through, but they still are into this guy. What should they do? Quit so they can have sex with him. <laughs> and then what? Then you do it and you're like, oh, can I have my job back? Exactly. You better start <laughs> pleading for your job back. No, I mean, I don't know. I think, one, you have to be able to control yourself. If you can't, like, right? work and, like, not have all these horny feelings, then you might need to go see a therapist for that. <laughs> um, but then, also, I think there's nothing wrong with... Two consensual adults, but you don't want to harass him. I mean, maybe you ask to go out to a friendly dinner or something and then see what happens afterwards. I don't know. Is he straight? Why are you? Oh, I don't face? know. I don't know the specifics if the person is straight. Oh, well, like or that's gay. what I'm saying. So, like, are you think coworkers aren't allowed from, to ask other coworkers out on a date? No, it is from Ask Gay Bros. So maybe uh, he is gay. Is it? Is it? Is it like? A, is it like? Mm, I think it's one of those sexual harassment. I think it's one of those things that people try to stay away from, unless I think it's obvious that both people are like super into it. Right. And I think you know that. People I think you're scared. like it's obvious. Uh, yeah. So a lot of commenters did say, "Don't 
you know, poo where you eat. True. I don't. I don't think. I didn't I say the S word. I don't think you should. I don't think you should poop where you eat either. Yeah. Uh, another said your only focus at work is to make money and go home. Hot guys come and go, but you're at work to make your better your own. That's career. what I'm saying. Like if you can't if you can't have you know your feelings and like they're distracting you while you're working and all these things and you're forgetting about your career, the bigger picture. Then like, girl, get it together. Also, get get that, that energy out in some other way. Figure it out. Right? It's not worth it. Let us know what you think at LGT Show. What would you do if you were in this situation? We'd love to hear from you. Now, coming up, Pride New York City versus the NYPD. What went down over the weekend next on What's Trending This Hour? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show today, why you might have a social hangover these days and what to do about it. I definitely have experienced that. Over the weekend, that's oh my god, this entire month, my bank account is hungover. (laughs) I like everything is hungover, and it's done. I don't know how I can move like this anymore. Yeah, I mean, especially with Fourth of July this weekend, like, like what is happening? Yep. Well, let's talk about it again. That's happening in thirty minutes on the show. Plus, could Kim Kardashian be involved with the Olympics? What? Yes. More on that in the T report in a moment. That was a tease. Don't give it away. I mean, it's fine. Everyone, if you know, uh, you know. Now let's get into some what's trending this hour. NCAA Division One Council is recommending allowing athletes to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. Previously, policies prohibited college athletes from benefiting financially from their talents and fame. And on July 1st, eight of the 21 states that have passed laws enabling athletes that NIL option will see those laws go into effect. That's Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, New Mexico, Ohio, and Texas. A ninth state, Arizona, has a law passed and going into effect on July July 23rd. So that is definitely huge. Now let's talk about what happened for Pride in New York City. Police uh, pepper sprayed people who are celebrating Pride on Sunday evening in Washington Square Park. That's according to four witnesses. A spokesperson for the New York Police Department didn't comment on the use of pepper spray, but told NBC News that police made a total of eight arrests in and near Washington Square Park. Uh, Four people were issued summons for disorderly conduct, while the other charges included resisting arrest, obstructing administration, and criminal possession of a weapon. Uh, NYPD spokesperson told Forbes that those arrested allegedly attempted to go pass through a police barricade, bit an officer and slapped an officer's hand. Witnesses say the encounter between police and marchers happened Sunday evening around 7 p.m. Attendees of the Queer Liberation March, which took place earlier, were actually congregating in Washington Square Park. Some people were standing outside of a barricade police had placed around the squares, um, one of their entrances. And uh, one of the co-founders of Reclaim Pride, uh, a host of the march, did say that. So we're continuing to cover this story. But yeah, that is unfortunate considering what happened last year and what continues to happen in New York City um, and the tension between uh, the police and those participating in Pride. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Kim Kardashian announced something major today with the Olympics. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. I just really want to change the song. I'm trying to figure out what song. Which song do you want? 
Wow, you're taking too long. So I'm just going to go to Rihanna. I just decided to breathe for a moment. No, nope. anyway, Kim Kardashian <laughs> announced that her brand Skims will serve as Team USA's official provider of undergarments okay. and pajamas for the 2021 Tokyo Olympics as well as the Paralympics. Uh, she said this, when I received the call inviting Skims to be a part of at Team USA, every moment I've spent uh, admiring the strength and energy of the Olympians from the sidelines came full circle. I mean, of course, she noted her own personal connection to the Olympics as she grew up watching Caitlyn Jenner compete. She said, I traveled with my stepdad and family to all different cities for the Olympic trials, the Olympic and track meets of Caitlyn Jenner, and at every stop, I would buy an Olympic t-shirt as a souvenir. And so this is actually really um, cool. This is going to mark the first time a brand's been named as the team's official underwear provider. Our nation's athletes, uh, basically, they're going to be also wearing like Ralph Lauren uniforms as they have since like 2008 um but it's really cool um i think it's you know skims i've heard are very comfortable i, I go i'm gonna try some skims. i've heard they're very comfortable so everybody's uh you know body parts underneath their their clothings are going to feel quite comfortable and relaxed and um i've never heard of this the designs include bralettes bra uh, boxer spree uh, briefs tank tops, briefs, t-shirts, socks, leggings, and more, all with the United States flag, Team USA, and the Olympics rings. Uh, Kardashian also revealed that fans will be able to purchase the pieces as a part of a special capsule collection. That's kind of cute, right? I think this is smart. Uh, Not sure if the mom did this deal, but this is a smart one. I'm not sure if she did the deal either, but I, I do think this is really cool, and it, it just shows how much uh, Kim is, like, roving. I feel like she is never going to have a moment where she doesn't collect a check. <laughs> hey, do <laughs> like, it. It's like... She's it's, smart. It's this kind is of great. smart stuff, and I feel like this is a very cool place to be at the Olympics. I mean, yeah, I would love to go to the Olympics one day. I don't, I don't know if I would watch the sports, but just to be there. Yeah, I think it's, like, that one place where you could cover sports, but the, also there's, like, a bigger cultural... Well, I want actually. I want to go Relevance. to. I want to go to the Olympics when they're doing like the flipping, like the gymnastics that's and the, the ice skating. Summer, oh no, that's the winter one. Is that where we're well, at? I now? think the summer one is gymnastics. The winter one is the oh, skating. So I would have to make like, two trips. I would have to make to go see the flipping and then the. I would like to go. I think it's. Pr- I, I I think it's a, one of those things you need to do once in your life. Once in a lifetime. Okay, so before we get out of here, because I'm almost done with the T-Report, and next T-Report, next hour, is all about Justin Bieber telling fans to their face that they got to stop being at his house when he arrives. It's uh, it's kind of creepy, but he's very polite about it. We're going to play that clip up next, uh, next hour. But before we get out of here, Pride Month is almost over. If you haven't already, we are partnering with Ralph's and Food for Less. Um, and basically, they are helping us fill the fridge for homeless LGBT youth and seniors in need. So if you want to be involved, text FRIDGE to 20357 to donate to the Los Angeles LGBT Pride Pantry. $25 can get an entire week's worth of groceries, y'all. That is so... I mean, honestly, if I could get a, a tire week's of groceries, uh, groceries for uh, $25, child, oh my goodness, that would change my life. Mm. Anyway, text FRIDGE to 20357. F-R-I-D-G-E. You know how to spell it. Thank you. Hopefully. Oh, and now we're bringing back actually someone you spoke to, Ryan, recently. Who? Uh, someone from PFLAG. Oh, oh my 
God. So, you know, Pride Month has been such an absolutely fabulous time where we've been able to highlight so many amazing organizations. Um, and PFLAG is one of them. And I think it's so wonderful to connect and talk about how they had to pivot during the quarantine and the work that they're doing across the country. Stick around. It's a good conversation. Don't go anywhere. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan, Channel Q. In partnership with T-Mobile and Metro by T-Mobile, we here at Channel Q have had the honor of highlighting some amazing LGBTQ plus organizations. This conversation you're about to hear is my conversation with P-Flag. And P-Flag is doing so much amazing work. And here we are talking about how they had to pivot in the quarantine and what they're doing moving forward. Okay, so I am with Liz Owen, the Director of Communications for PFLAG National. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Honestly, it feels like an honor to speak with PFLAG because you all do such amazing work. Tell us about the mission of PFLAG for those that don't know. Absolutely. So PFLAG was founded nearly 50 years ago by one mom of a gay kid, And she took her love and support for him and took it from private to public at a time where it was not only sort of unheard of to do that, but actually dangerous to do that in a lot of places. And what started with a meeting of about 20 assorted parents and family members and LGBTQ people has now become over 400 chapters and more than a quarter of a million members and supporters, moms, dads, parents, siblings, allies, queer folks providing needed support, critical education, and, of course, advocacy work uh, for justice and equality. Well, last year was so... you know, unheard of for for so many people because obviously we have never lived through a pandemic in modern times. And so I always wonder, especially for organizations um, like yours, how did you all have to pivot to make sure that you all were still staying on top of, you know, creating such space, safe spaces and helping parents all across the country? Such a great question. So when the pandemic hit last year, you know, all of our chapters have in-person meetings. And that is a critical piece of the work that the chapter network does. So in the very first week that everything went into lockdown, we created a program called PFLAG Connect that brought all of our chapters online into virtual meeting space. And that was virtual resources, virtual meeting spaces. All of our publications are online and for free. Um, Weekly broadcasts to have discussions around learning and inclusion. I mean, really, in one week, we created this brand new national program. And it was amazing for during the pandemic. But what we've learned is that it created a brand new level of access for people who might not have been able to get to a PFLAG meeting if it was an hour away and they had, you know, a small child or maybe had two jobs and couldn't do it. it. It was a whole new touch point. Yeah, talk about more about uh, some of the resources that you provide, because I think that is really the key here of all the incredible work that you all do, uh, those resources. Absolutely. So we have, as I mentioned, we have 
hundreds of chapters across the country, and they all have meetings. They're going back to in-person, but many of them are keeping those online meetings. We have a variety of publications, publications for parents, for family members, for people who are trans. Of course, we have a whole selection of uh, publications from our Straight for Equality program. Straight for Equality program was built about 11 years ago. It's based on the work that we do with our families, but it's specifically for allies who want to learn how to be engaged allies. It's an incredible program, Um, and it has all of its own free publications available for download. Uh, And then we also have something called PFLAG Online Academy. PFLAG Academy Online is an online learning program with monthly learning sessions. I love that so much because I, I think about my own relationship with my own mom and my family and how, you know, growing a very religious in, in the South, it was really difficult for them to really come to terms with who I am. And I, I, I know that story and I feel like I've grown into having em- empathy for so many parents who are just trying to figure it out and trying to be there. So I guess when if someone is listening right now, what is some big advice that you could give them to one, help them say, I do want to check out PFLAG, but then I also just want to be there for my, my child right now. Absolutely. So when a kid or a loved one comes out, it comes with a lot of potentially complicated feelings. And there is a way to love and celebrate and support and affirm your queer loved one and come to a PFLAG meeting to take those complicated feelings away from your loved one. We know, and the data shows, that having just one affirming family member cuts risk, mitigates risk for queer youth by more than 80%. So even just one supportive person, one supportive trusted adult can really mitigate that risk. And that's why PFLAG is here, right? To provide peer-to-peer support and non-judgmental support. PFLAG, we meet you where you are to have the difficult conversations. Seriously, thank you so much, Liz, for all the incredible work that you're doing. Please let everyone know where they can find out more about PFLAG. Absolutely. Please visit PFLAG.org. That's P-F-L-A-G.org for resources, broadcasts, and visit StraightForEquality.org for our Straight for Equality Ally program. It's really fantastic and, again, really gentle and humorous and just gives people a lot of ways to step up and take action. Oh, you're amazing. A P flag is amazing. I just want to say thank you so much for all the work you're doing. Thank you so much for having us today. We are proud to work with T-Mobile and Metro by T-Mobile to bring organizations like PFLAG to our Channel Q family. T-Mobile and Metro by T-Mobile are committed to empowering changemakers in the community because we're unstoppable together. T-Mobile and Metro by T-Mobile believe that pride powers our future. So for more information, go to T-Mobile.com slash pride. And to learn more about PFLAG, go to PFLAG.org. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Now the world is open. You're hopping from one social gathering to another, which is energizing. You're antit. Yet you're feeling hella drained, okay? Has that happened to you? Yes. Well, you might be experiencing a social hangover. And here to tell us more is Dr. Alyssa Jared, a licensed clinical psychologist and a uh, clinical assistant professor at the University of Pennsylvania. She also has a podcast called the Anxiety Savvy Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, So what is up with this new term? (laughs) Or is it? Yeah, 
popping up a lot. Uh, so a social hangover is it's that experience that many of us have after socializing with others. And the symptoms are really similar to those that we might experience after a heavy night of drinking. So uh, these symptoms, they typically, if they're going to occur, they're going to emerge shortly after social interactions. And these can include things like feeling fatigued and weak, headaches, nausea, difficulty concentrating, even difficulty sleeping, heightened sensitivity to light and sound, increased irritability and anxiety. And I think we're hearing a lot about these these days because for many of us, it's kind of we're, we're just starting to exercise our muscles for engaging in social interactions again after this, you know, a prolonged period of social distancing. So this is kind of like we're, we're getting back into the game. It's new for most of us and we're out of practice. Well, I mean. I feel like a lot of that stuff feels like it's just anxiety, even though you kind of listed anxiety as one of the side effects of it. So what's the difference of not labeling all those kind of side effects of this social hangover situation, just anxiety of just being back in public again? Hi, good question. Yeah, so I think one thing that I would note is that, you know, just about anyone can experience a social hangover. Um, and all, all of us also experience anxiety. Um, this is, I think sometimes we feel you know, anxious before social interactions. And oftentimes the social, inter- the social hangovers, we feel them afterward. And we can also experience anxiety afterward. And so I would say for some people, anxiety after a social interaction really might just be also, it might be anxiety and they might also be experiencing a social hangover. But for some people, it may not even be about feeling anxious after an interaction, but just drained and depleted, kind of just uh, almost like they just ran, you know, a marathon, even though they didn't really move at all. I hear that. I was very sore on Saturday. (laughs) And I've been, I actually, the past two weekends, I've been sleeping in half the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. fortunate because I do not have kids or a family or anything at this point. It's just me or an animal. Anyway, but what are people (laughs) supposed to do if they're experiencing this? And like, and what should people know in terms of like, uh, at what point does it get bad, right? Like you need support, real support, professional support. So if you're experiencing social hangovers, I think the first thing to do is to listen to, to kind of what your body's telling you. Uh, and so if you've just had, you know, the first time you've been socializing in a while and you're feeling kind of drained, give yourself some time to recoup, to recover. And so do the things that bring you some pleasure that help you to unwind and relax. So for some people, it's you know, drawing or running or uh, just watching TV, sleeping in. Like you said, sleeping all weekend, that sort of thing. So take some time for some self-care. In terms of if you're noticing that this is happening a lot for you, after every time that you see people, and especially if you're finding yourself feeling really anxious before or during a social interaction, it might be worth considering considering reaching out for help. Um, Sorry, that was the hog shaking next to me. Um, But uh, reaching out for help uh, and... um, and seeing a therapist who specializes in treating anxiety in particular. Interesting. No, yeah, it, it really is, because I think that was w- one thing that popped up for me was, like, how 
how long should you expect to kind of experience like a social hangover? It's because this is all still very new. And to be honest, we're still dealing with the, the realism of the Delta variant of the pandemic, you know, yeah. COVID happening. Right. And so it feels like something like this could last for a minute until, you know, people really feel all the way comfortable. And if people feel comfortable, that means everyone is kind of feeling comfortable, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So how long for, like... So, like, yeah, do you think that it. people will, like, experience that, right? Like, how long do you think someone who's like, oh, if I experienced it last weekend, will I experience it next mm. weekend? Ah, yeah. So I think for some people, potentially. And my for most people, most people will probably discover that, again, just like any kind of uh, muscle that we might have, the more you get out and you practice, uh, you know, exercising that muscle, so the muscle for social interactions, the stronger that muscle gets. And so, you know, maybe it might not be that, like, so those interactions might not be easy necessarily, and, and you might find yourself in new situations that, again, bring up some anxiety. But with time, as you practice being in those situations, it'll be easier to tolerate any distress that you experience. And again, you'll likely feel maybe even energized once again after social interactions rather than drained and depleted. But if those are, if those reactions, if every time that you're having a social interaction, you're continuing to have the social hangover, that's again when I would recommend reaching out for help for some support. Okay, that makes sense. That was Dr. Alyssa Jared, who's a licensed clinical psychologist. Check out her podcast, The Anxiety Savvy Podcast something we can all use um, right now. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Coming up, reunion concerts are back. Which ones we're excited about? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. That was the new I Want Love song by Jesse J that we are loving here in the studio. Speaking of music, we're talking about reunions. Seems like a lot of folks are coming together in this post-COVID world, taking advantage of our nostalgia right now. The latest band to announce a tour, TLC. Kind of a band. That group. group. I was thinking about the I was using the wrong word. They're a girl group. Girl group. Um, so they are doing an 18-date celebration of crazy, sexy, cool. The tour commemorating the 27th anniversary of their classic 1994 sophomore album, Crazy Sexy Cool. But you were saying, Ryan, in the break, this is not their first time coming to back together. So, like, no, it's still, not. isn't it a big deal, though, still? <laughs> yeah, for anyone who's fans of TLC, I think it's always awesome for these groups to come back together, have hit the road one more time, and make some extra coin. Why not? I mean, it's TLC. Yep. But yeah, they're always, they've always been kind of around. Well, then, I guess it just depends on if uh-huh. you are looking for them. In all the right places. But, yeah, yeah you know, I, I mean, I think this is interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of people are reporting about this. And also, this isn't the only one. Wu-Tang Clan, um, some of them are coming together for this 25-day Three Chambers tour. They're going to be performing their own debut albums in full starting in October. Right. Then there's also... The Millennium Tour 2021. It reminds me of like the millennials, like bringing back all the folks the millennials love. Um, and that's in October with Bow Wow, Ashanti, Marion, Soldier Boy, Lloyd, Sammy, Pretty Ricky, and Yin Yang Twins. How about that? And then InSync and Backstreet Boys 
you know, they're teasing all of us. They did this uh, bingo under the stars on June 18th where they came together as BackSync. And they actually are now saying that, well, you know what? This got so much attention. Let's go on tour as BackSync. Oh, my goodness. Hilarious. Awkward. But, hey, people are loving it. You know, they've been doing TikToks and everything together. So our our folks just trying to, yeah, get their coin. They know that people want their nostalgia. You know, they don't What's need wrong to, with that? I think, it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's smart. Producer Vanessa has something to say. Here's some thought-provoking. I have a take. Oh, here's on a hot this. take from producer Vanessa. So when I see bands coming back together or people coming back, to me, is because they were not able to make it by themselves, so they need to regroup and make money well, with the band. No, they each people. kind of had their own success. But like more in like, that present. Well, yeah, about they've, now. Had, they've had was, their moments, and now they're and coming then, back. And, that, and what, what group are we specifically talking about here? That That is not successful right now? No, I themselves? mean, just in, 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 like, who are we talking about in the points, yeah, who are not successful by themselves? Well, I haven't heard a single from TLC in a while. They actually did put out a single a few but years that, ago. They were performing at LA Pride. Like they've done a but lot. They, they wasn't do a lot she of saying prices. it wasn't next level, like as mainstream as but they that de- wanted but to be? But that depends on if you even represent, if you're a part of the community that they're performing for. So if it's like black folks going to it, then of course they're going to support, and of course that's deemed success. But what I'm then saying, like, like other people are going to deem super it. mainstream. Then, like they're what? Single, what does that hits. mean? It's like their hits from way back in the day. Because I think they've had. I think. I mean. Granted, like they're not over here climbing the Billboard charts, but That's I don't think anyone's looking what for that for Bra- Backstreet Boys. No, they don't have anything. Have you new seen AJ coming. recently? <laughs> that is not fair. No, I'm just saying. Have you? What I'm saying? Actually, I yes, he was on TikTok. I have not heard any of their new Britney. music. He does right do now. really cool things on uh, AJ specifically. He does really cool things on his Instagram where he uh, has. Uh, I think he was doing it during Pride Month where he was letting uh, like a Pride. Like influencer or artist take over his account. Listen, if you're if you can get folks who loved your music to buy tickets now, go for it. But like people like Bow Wow, Ashanti, Omarion, Soulja Boy, all of them, like that's like Ashanti. Yeah, all of those people are still highly successful in like, their own right. Yeah, not but, in their own right. Mm-hmm. Like they're successful. Like Soulja Boy and Bow Wow just did. An incredibly successful versus on Instagram. Like, I think a lot of this stuff, culturally, if you're not a part of the culture, you wouldn't know. It's not on your radar. So I think that's why it's difficult for me to have these type of conversations and hearing people deem them successful or not when they're not even adjacent to the community. Well, here's the thing. Would they, though, maybe... Would they like sell out at Staples or? or Why is that deemed successful? Well, no, but I'm saying like for uh, like an artist who is maybe touring, maybe once some of them would have been at bigger venues, but then they could get probably those bigger venues full with a bunch of people now. I'm just saying. Let us know what you think at LGT Show. Will you be checking out one of these reunion tours? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. This one goes to America's Got Talent, but not the show, but one of the bands that auditioned that they featured on the show. It's called The Other Direction. It's a group that bills themselves as the world's gayest boy band. How about that? Just in time for Pride. 
They're basically taking a cue from the village people. It, they consist of singers that each represent a stereotype, I guess. Alex the jock, Norm the cowboy, Jason the party boy, Greg the mama bear, and Devin the fashionista. Here is their little introduction. Well, we're from all over the States, yeah. but we actually met in middle school at show choir camp. And we all came out to each other while we were there. Oh, wow. And we made a pact that when we turned 21, we would come together and form the world's gayest boy band. And here we are. Um, very entertaining. And then here's some of their original song. They about that are you into the other direction um it's cute i like the name i think they all look really cute they were a little pitchy for me but for the most part it's exciting it is i mean it's it's fun it's comedic and i feel like they would definitely do well at some bars or pride like concerts in I the future be a, a, a judge on one of these shows i think you could you could definitely be i feel like i'd be good manifest that's what i'm talking but about like i don't i wouldn't be a um oh my god this guy on twitter keeps asking me to follow him back leave me alone please i feel like justin bieber if you know if you know you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> but no honestly the gayest boy brand ever great we need more of those i mean isn't one direction pretty gay <laughs> You and think that, about it. That does it for our Yes, Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. We love to hear from you, so feel free to slide into our DMs if you want to recommend someone for a Yes, Queen of the Day or just to share a story how you're feeling about everything. That does it also for our show today, but we are back tomorrow weekdays here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, OMG, we are so excited to have Vincent joining us. That's huge. Yay. That's basically like, what more do I need to promote? Nothing. Exactly. And if you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Stick around for Dr. Chris right after this where he's covering microaggressions and how to not be oppressive. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.